Ah, mucosils. The disease that internists want to cut and the surgeons want medically managed. Gallbladder mucosils often require surgery, usually because they cause common bile duct obstruction and sometimes rupture, resulting in a bile peritonitis. Bile peritonitis, especially septic bile peritonitis, isn't fun to treat. Many of us have horror stories about patients with this condition who went to surgery and didn't make it. Reported perioperative mortality rates are 21 to 40%, but if patients can survive surgery and the immediate postoperative period, the studies out there suggest that prognosis is pretty good, with one to two year survival rates of 66%. So, if we have a patient with a mucosil, should we be recommending surgery? How do we know if our patients are going to survive surgery in the immediate postoperative period? Well, Malik and all wanted to evaluate clinical and intraoperative findings, along with any prognostic factors for dogs with gallbladder mucosils that required surgery. They retrospectively evaluated 43 dogs that had surgery for gallbladder mucosils. They found that the most common clinical signs seen with dogs with mucosils were vomiting in 91%, anorexia in 72%, and lethargy in 81%. Most of these dogs were diagnosed with a mucosil based on abdominal ultrasound in 83%. Once they were diagnosed, off to surgery they went. At surgery, they found that 77% of dogs had an intact gallbladder, 19% had areas of gallbladder necrosis, and 7 out of 8 of those dogs with gallbladder necrosis had either perforation of the gallbladder or evidence of prior leakage. 37% of dogs had free bile in the abdomen with evidence of prior leakage, and all of these dogs survived for two months beyond surgery. Interestingly enough, most dogs had bacterial culture and sensitivity performed on the gallbladder contents, but only one dog had positive growth, which was streptococcus. The good news? That means that mucosils are typically sterile, which has a better prognosis if the gallbladder ruptures as compared to a septic bile peritonitis. Some complications seen postoperatively included hypotension. In the study, postoperative hypotension and postoperative serum lactate were both negatively associated with survival. In other words, the more persistently hypotensive and the higher your lactate was, the worse for you. Postoperative hypotension increased the risk of death by 20 times and serum lactate 0.3 times for each one-point increment increase. Lastly, Postoperative PCV was significantly different between survivors and non-survivors also. Overall, the mean survival time was 7.4 months. Two dogs died in the postoperative period, the hypotensive ones we mentioned, three within two weeks of surgery, and one dog died three days after discharge. 31 dogs lived more than two months, and 21 were alive at the time of data collection with a mean survival time of 20 months. So, what can we take away from this article? Gallbladder mucosils in dogs can cause nonspecific clinical signs and should be diagnosed based on clinical suspicion, supportive blood work abnormalities like increased liver enzymes and an increased total bilirubin, and ultrasound findings. Thankfully, three quarters of gallbladders were intact at surgery. However, that means that almost 20% had gallbladder necrosis and or perforation. This can be a scary thing to encounter in surgery, and so for this reason, these should generally be referred to surgeons. While most of us would probably guess that a necrotic gallbladder results in a poor prognosis for the pet, the study didn't find an association between necrosis and outcome. Overall, the immediate postoperative period in the study was only 7%, 
which is much lower than in previous reports. This might be because the authors excluded cases that had biliary diversion surgery, like a bilroth. I'm not a surgeon, but even I know that these are fraught with complications. Overall, keep in mind that this was a small retrospective study with no randomization or controls, so the results should be interpreted with caution. Also, because the two dogs in the postoperative period were both euthanized and their findings contributed to the development of the prognostic factors, it's hard to say if these factors would apply to larger studies. Euthanasia is definitely a confounding factor in this study. That said, what can we take out of this study? Cholecystectomy for mucoceles in dogs is indicated based on clinical signs, clinical pathologic abnormalities, and ultrasonographic findings. More importantly, when medically managing and monitoring these patients, keep a close eye on the blood pressure and serum lactate concentrations. It may be helpful not only for prognostication, but also for monitoring response to therapy and guiding treatment in these icteric patients. <laughs>